What's up, y'all? This is JLP, the host of Mastering Sing Good and Relationships, coming to you with this brand new episode. I truly hope that all is well with you and your loved ones on this Good Friday. Tonight's episode is literally me just, you know, letting the Holy Spirit, as always, have his lead. The original episode was 40 minutes long, playing it back, and then all of a sudden it has no audio. And the message was basically a message in regards to Good Friday, right? And just, you know, just challenging us to understand as well the 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 revelation that the Lord wanted us to receive from the message of the cross. Yes, we understand that the message of the cross is that Jesus... Again, he came as the sacrificial lamb to die in our place to bring atonement for all sins for all times. However, we see as well that as Jesus was roaming the earth, right, as he was with his disciples, he showed his disciples by example what it meant to live a life of sacrifice, what it meant to really follow God at his very word over and over especially when you read the gospel of John Jesus repeats to his disciples that he does not do anything unless his father tells him but often during this time of year when we are again just you know consecrating before the Lord and just basking in um, you know, when it comes to his mercy and oh my goodness, he decided indeed to leave all of his glory to come to die in our place. We receive it. We welcome it. We love it and all of that. But many of us tend to just soak it all in without understanding this marker when it comes to the cross message. And I want to do my very best by the grace of God, despite the setback, to truly just summarize what it is that I feel that the Holy Spirit wants us as believers to understand from the message of the cross. There are three points that I want to go ahead and just just share with you all tonight. And there's a couple of scriptures that I also want to go ahead and share Um for reference, I do recommend you to go ahead and read John chapter 12 to 15 in their entirety. But for tonight's episode, there are just a few scriptures um, from John chapter 12 on to 14 that I'll go ahead here and there and share. But I will go ahead and um, leave the specific references underneath the episode itself. So that way you can go ahead and just reread um during your leisure or when or whenever you're, you know, having your devotional with the Lord and so forth. And so these three points that I want to go ahead and just share with you at this time. The first point is this, y'all. Death matters to God. I'm going to say this again. Death matters to God. D-E-P-T-H. Perhaps it sounds like I said death, but death matters to God. God doesn't like shallow Death matters to God. And I'm going to go ahead and just explain what I mean by that. Now, if you open your Bible pages to John chapter 12, if you focus on the first couple of scriptures, you will see that Mary Magdalene is, is seen anointing Jesus before his burial. But 
in essence she did not know exactly what she was doing the 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 the, the weight of what it is that she was doing the demonstration of uh, of the love that she had for for Jesus at this time in the way that she was in fact preparing for his burial Perhaps the Holy Spirit was already prompting her to do such an act. But however, perhaps in her human understanding, she could not even see that she was in fact preparing Jesus for his burial. We see that Mary Magdalene, she truly loved the Lord. As a matter of fact, we see that in the Bible, she actually poured out a truly expensive type of perfume especially back in that time it costs a lot of money she spent her money in order to purchase this perfume to pour it upon jesus she did not use an ounce of it she used the very perfume for the lord and if you continue on to um, verse 7 of john chapter 12 you see that it talks about judas iscariot really criticizing um, you know Mary Magdalene and just you know bringing this statement up and saying how can she do such a thing she could have done something else with this money she could give it to the poor but the word of God in this text you see that it even has in, in parentheses explaining to us his statement wasn't sincere his statement wasn't pure as a matter of fact he only said what he said because he is the main one that goes ahead and you know receive or take from the money back to please himself to gratify himself and so he's acting as if he is more charitable to the poor than Mary Magdalene here but Jesus noted that he is the very one that has been stealing from their money bag and later on you will see that in the gospels that it will be Judas Iscariot that ends up betraying Jesus but at the same time later on in the book of John John chapter 20 you will see that it is Mary Magdalene Mary Magdalene it wasn't Peter, it wasn't John, it wasn't any of the other disciples, but it was Mary Magdalene that woke up before everyone else while it was yet still dark. And she she went to the tomb, Jesus' tomb, after Jesus was crucified and buried. She went to his tomb and she was the one that continued to persist weeping in the presence of the tomb. And as she was there, she noted that the body of Jesus was not in there. And she was not even thinking on the on the fact that he resurrected and that he preached about, you know, being resurrected. Like he was going to be resurrected on the third day. That did not cross her mind. In her mind, she's thinking that someone took the body. Someone took the body of her beloved savior, of her beloved rabbi, her beloved teacher. But the Lord, I truly believe this by the grace of God. I truly believe the Holy Spirit is the one that brought this to my mind here. I believe one of the reasons that Jesus himself allowed for it to have been Mary Magdalene to see his resurrected body is because he remembered. He remembered Mary's gesture when she decided to pour out that perfume upon him to anoint him. What she was doing was not only was she pouring out the, 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 the perfume, but literally she was also in this context pouring out herself 
It's as if if Mary could have turned her own self into the, the, the perfume, that liquid being pouring out, pouring, poured out before the Lord, she would have. But since she couldn't, she, in fact, poured out an actual liquid. In this context, the liquid was perfume, a very expensive perfume. And Jesus noted that. So much so that when he resurrected, he didn't choose for it to be Peter, nor John, nor Thomas, nor any of the other disciples. But he chose for it to have been Mary, to have seen his resurrected body first. God doesn't do anything by random. God doesn't do anything by accident. It is for a sincere purpose why it was her. And I believe that is the reason. Jesus saw the heart of Mary. Jesus saw that the love that Mary had for him was a genuine love in contrast to the love that Judas had for Jesus. From the very beginning, Jesus noted that although he chose Jesus as one of the disciples, right? Jesus is the one that chose all 12 disciples. Judas didn't maneuver his way into becoming a disciple. Jesus freely chose Judas as one of the 12 disciples. And yet he is the one that would later betray him. But what I found so fascinating is that although Jesus himself chose the 12 disciples in the book of John, there's a particular scripture. I believe um, it is in John um, chapter 12 or 13 as a matter of fact let me just quickly go ahead and locate it right here because i just really want you to hear what it is that the lord had to say in that regard my goodness yes it's john chapter 13 verse 18 and i'm gonna go ahead and read it out loud on my end and I recommend you to go ahead and notate this as well. But again, I'm going to leave the scriptures underneath the description section below. And in John chapter 13, verse 18, this is what Jesus says in, in regards to Judas Iscariot, right? I am not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen. I'm going to pause right there. I'm not going to continue for the rest of the scripture. But I just really wanted to read the first part of verse 18. And so um, a couple of scriptures prior. Okay. A couple of scriptures prior. It talks about how Jesus again. He was he was again cleaning the feet of the disciples. And even him doing this. He was demonstrating to, to the disciples the way that he wanted for them to be like him. To be a group of men who were, again, selfless, who were servants. He wanted for them to model after him. Let's go ahead and quickly read John 13, verse 1, all the way to verse, all the way to verse six, 16. Very quickly. This is what Jesus says, y'all. 
it was just before the passover this is what the scriptures are saying right here it was just before the passover festival jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the father having loved his own who were in the world he loved them to the end the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted judas the son of simon iscariot to betray jesus Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a, ba a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Verse 8. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash your feet or unless I, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. Wow. You are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so. For that is what I am. My goodness, I want you guys to go ahead and, and highlight this. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. My gosh, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Highlight verse 15, y'all. John 13, verse 15. I have, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Highlight as well, verse 16 and verse 17. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Highlight verse 17. And we previously read to you verse 18 of John chapter 13. And so he was referencing here concerning Judas. He already knew from the beginning Judas was not going to be one after his own heart. Judas had a fake love for Jesus. Judas didn't, didn't have a sincere surrender to the Lord. As did John, as, this, as did Peter, and as did Mary. That is very interesting here. And so what I found interesting as well is how Jesus again, in verse 15, saying to them that, he, okay, he's the teacher, he's the Lord, and yet, and yes, so you guys are saying that I am your teacher. I am your Lord. Surely I am. And therefore, I have set you this example. So you should do as I have done for you. My goodness. 
Here is where it gets challenging for many of us today, especially those of us who call ourselves believers, ministers, those of us who look forward to Easter, Resurrection Sunday. And again, we bask in the love of God for us. And again, we again we we, we say that we're grateful for the death and, and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But yet we miss the fact that one of the main revelations that the Lord was showing us through his death and resurrection is that he wants us as well to understand there is an exchange. There is an exchange at the cross. My goodness, I'm going to repeat this again. There is an exchange at the cross. Jesus did not die in our place at the cross for us to be put on display. For us to merely be put on display and spend this side of eternity saying, yes, God, you're so good, God. And thank you for all the blessings you've given me. And continue to bless me. Yes, continue to bless me while I just sit here. And stay blessed. But I'm not going to go ahead and give you my very life as a living sacrifice. And show the world in, 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 in your name that you are great. That you are who you say that you are. And truly show your example. Show that I am your disciple. Show the world that I am. Because you are. And I'm not ashamed of it. We have heard countless worship songs about the, the, the awesome love of God and that we can't do anything for the love of God to separate us, which is true. The love of God is so grand joyous. You can't be separated from it, but you can, in fact, turn your back away from it. And God being God, he, he didn't die for robots. He didn't die uh, to force people to love him. God freely gave himself to us. Jesus freely gave his life for us. He didn't force his life upon us. He gave us that free will to choose to serve him or not. To choose to worship him or not. And so it comes the same way as well when it comes to you. You can choose to release the hand of God. Though God will never forsake you, but you can choose to step out the door. You can choose to step out the, out the door. And many of us, we have chosen to do this, though we claim to be believers and lovers of Jesus Christ. We have, we, 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 we have deemed ourselves to be sold out to Jesus. But yet, like Judas, we still value the things of this world more than we value God himself. And many of us, we don't want to admit this. But our life, the fruit of our life will speak that as such. So many of us have become compromised. So many of us have become compromised because of this. And so... During this Good Friday, I want us to be a people that is, that, is, that is truly intentional when it comes to our proclamation that we understand the gospel message. We understand the sacrifice of God. 
that we don't just talk about it, but that we be about it, that we need to understand there's an exchange at the cross, a life for a life in that particular gospel, the gospel of John In the gospel of John, when Jesus was saying of these prophecies that he would die, the disciples were still kind of, again, they were behind in their understanding. They couldn't comprehend what Jesus was saying to them at the time. And Peter, you know, guys, the Peter, you know, Peter, y'all, Peter was always acting as if he was the first to want to be bold for Jesus. And Jesus right then and there, when, when Peter was saying, Lord, I would give my life for you. I would die for you. And Jesus is like, no, you, you're going to be, you're going to um, deny me. And many of us, we do the same today. Sometimes when we're reading the gospels and we're like, man, I can never be Judas. I can never be Peter in that moment because Jesus was too good, man. But some of us, we are being just like Judas and Peter today. We're claiming we'll give Jesus all of us. But our life is saying something else. Our life is saying something else. What do I mean by that? And I know that this message at times is not preached, but I'm going to go ahead and preach it because I know this is the message we all need to hear. We all can see that again. There's many shakings in the world, not in just one portion of the world, but it, it, the entire world. And a lot of people at times see that there's not that much manifestation of miracles in the power of God. And they're saying, how so? How come? Does this mean that the gospel doesn't have power? Does it mean that God is not real? That, 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 that the word of God is not the word of God, like it's not sincere, like the word of God has contradictions and so forth? No, no, that's not the case, y'all. God is real. God is sincere. God is who he says that he is. And he does what he says that he will do. The issue lies when it comes to us. We continue to give God the bare minimum. When God is asking us to give him all of us. We have become a people who place again God in a box. You only focus on God on Sundays. You only focus on, you know, on God on Saturdays. It's, my goodness, it's almost as if the entire world becomes a Christian on Good Friday and Resurrection Day weekend. All jokes aside, but it, you know, it's a little funny. But I don't even want. It's a little bit funny. It seems like I'm joking around, but I'm so serious. God wants us to give all of us to him. There was an exchange at the cross. You see, God's love did not end at the cross. So our love for him should not end at our confession. When Jesus died at the cross, he knew what lied ahead. He knew glory lied ahead. And he knew that we, as the original people that God destined and created us to be in the beginning, was what he was desiring. That was what he was desiring. He wanted us to be without spot nor blemish. He wanted us 
to be that person that God predestined to be perfect and holy before sin entered in, before compromise entered in, before deception entered in. Scripture says in the book of John as well, says to save your life, you must do what? You must lose it. And this context is explaining to us not to, again, literally, you know, kill ourselves. That's not what it's saying here. And neither is it saying for us to abuse ourselves, but it's letting us know that we must decide to pick up our cross. We must decide to turn our backs against the world. Jesus over and over, even in the book of John, continue to read the book of John, John chapter 14 and onward. Over and over again, he lets us know that those who love him are those who keep his commandment. And not only that, they are those who follow after his example. Who follow after his example. The Bible showed us that Jesus, he was perfect in all of his ways. He was meek. He was humble. He was also modest. Though he was God, he didn't, he, he didn't walk with, with his chest all popped out. You know what I mean? He didn't, he didn't try to be seen. It's just that the glory of God was all over him, that he was seen by people, but he wasn't saying, look at me, look at me, look what I can do. He allowed his life to speak for him. He allowed the power of God to speak on his behalf. And this is the same way that we ought to be as Christians today. But many of us, we want to be the one in display, entitled. But God, God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, did not die for us to be in display. He died for us to be a living sacrifice to glorify his name forever and always. To glorify the Father in all that we do. In speech and in action. And he wants all that we do to be sincere and genuine. You see, some people will say, how can a loving God send people to hell? But they miss to understand that God is also a God of justice. God is a just God. And if God was not just, he would not be God. He has to indeed embody his full nature, which consists of love, which consists of justice, which consists of righteousness. And so people miss the point. Yes, God is love. Yes, God loves humanity. And I'm talking about the way he designed for us to be from the beginning. Because scripture tells us that not everybody can enter the kingdom of God. Sinners cannot enter the kingdom of God without the blood of Jesus, without a repented heart before the Lord. And so we continue to just embrace this phenomena this worldly phenomenon, because in essence, it's not that I'm not saying God is not love, but it's in essence the world has detained it. And even Christians have 
you know, disdained it, you know, you know, uh, how can I say this, have tainted it to the point where it has made us to be lazy Christians, lazy and compromised, lukewarm believers who do not want to do anything for the kingdom of God or the Lord. And yet we're saying that we are grateful for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Jesus didn't die for us to be lazy believers. He died for us to exchange a life for a life. He gave you his life in order for you to give him yours. He gave me his life in order for me to give him mine. This is the message of the cross that many do not preach about. He did not only show us the love of God at the cross, but he confirmed to us the love of God at his resurrection. The resurrection is what sealed it for us that we surely will have eternal life. For he said to his disciples, if you continue onward, John chapter 13 to 14, he says to his disciples that because I live, you will live. He was prophesying to him, to them. He knew that he was going to die and resurrect. And he was saying, hey, you see death? Death cannot keep you. Because I live, you will live. Even if you, Peter, will have to be martyred. You will have to go through a painful death. But afterwards, you will live because I live. And Peter, at the time when he first mentioned to Jesus that, Lord, I will give you my life. Yes, he said it with his mouth, but God, Jesus, God in the flesh, Jesus Christ already knew Peter did not reach that level yet to really sincerely do what it is that he said that he would do. But he knew that as Peter began to completely surrender himself to Jesus, that he would keep that statement, that that statement indeed will be one that Peter lives up to. That he would not try to, again, sugarcoat it and be like, oh, I forgot that I said that, Jesus. Many of us were the same. We say, Lord, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that for you. If you heal me, I'm going to go ahead and give you my life. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, become a missionary or whatever. And God heals you and you don't do anything for the kingdom of God. You don't do anything for the Lord. And yes, you're saying, praise Jesus. Many of you. God, that's a miraculous thing for you, right? God answers a prayer for you. And again, you completely reject God. And in the rejection that I'm saying, I'm not saying that you're saying God is not real. I'm not saying that you don't go to church. I'm not saying that you don't even worship. But I'm saying that that sincerity, that intentionality is not there anymore. Because there now is compromise. But Mary Magdalene did something which we all should learn from during this Good Friday and Resurrection Day weekend. She knew what it meant to pour her life out. And Jesus took note of that. Many people are not just going to go to hell due to unbelief. They're not just going to go to hell due to the fact that they did not repent of their sins. They're going to hell because they gave Fake love to God in this lifetime. They're going to hell because they gave God fake love in this lifetime. Over and over and over and over again, Jesus said, 
these people, I never knew them. He says it so many times in different ways. He said it one time in Matthew chapter 7, verse uh, 21 to 23. And then he says it again, just like we read for you in John chapter 14. And then he continues to say it over and over and over again. We see the example as well when he says to the parable of the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler, he was all about himself and his assets, right? Of, you know, his estates. He was all about whatever it is that this life can give him that he completely rejected the love of God. He completely rejected the kingdom of God. He completely rejected eternal life that the Lord came to give him, the abundant life that Jesus came to give him. And this is the same thing that we're doing this day. Many of us, we desire fame than we desire Jesus. We desire prosperity than we desire Jesus. We desire marriage more than we desire Jesus. And we go ahead and put our best Sunday dress for black for, for, for Good Friday and for Resurrection Day and we say, hallelujah, he has risen. Do you really believe that? How much of yourself will you give God? As I begin to wrap up this episode, I don't want to do this disservice and not give you all a quick just summary the main points that I really want you to receive from this message. The first point here again, death matters. God doesn't like shallow. Again, Judas Iscariot, he was shallow. He was shallow to the Lord. He didn't have any depth with Jesus. We can see by Mary's example, she had death with the Lord. She had a true intimacy with the Lord. And this leads me to my second point here. Intimacy with God is the principal fruit of our confession, our faith in him that we believe in Jesus Christ. I'm going to repeat this again. Intimacy with God is the principal fruit of our confession, our faith in him that we believe in Jesus Christ. I truly believe that and I've seen it over and over throughout the gospels. I've seen it over and over again, even in the epistles of Paul. It goes back to this again. Your relationship with God is what will save your life. It's what will get you into eternity, right? Your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And it's not just saying you believe in Jesus, but it's you having a sincere, authentic relationship with Jesus. And the thing is, People can fake their love to other people. But when you are faking love to God, God takes note of that as well. He can see that. He can see that. And an individual may say that they are Christian. An individual may act like a Christian, talk like a Christian. But in the the, the foundation of their heart, right, from the core of their heart, God can see that they don't truly love him. They just love the blessings. They don't truly love him. They just love what God what they can get by attaching the name or the label of a Christian to their life or lifestyle. And the last point here I want to go ahead and share is this. Again, many Christian leaders, many believers in general in this modern day society, they miss that marker concerning the cross. And it's that exchange They disregard that when Jesus went to the cross, it's because he knew what lied ahead. He knew glory lied ahead and he knew the relationship, the eternal life that he wanted to have with us forever and ever. 
he knew that he desired to have seen that resetting, right, of the Garden of Eden. A lot of people don't realize that Revelation is just a resetting of Genesis, of the Garden of Eden. He wanted to be able to regenerate that, that intimacy that the Lord had in the Garden with Adam and Eve with us, that exchange, that reciprocity. And this is why if you read some of the some of the blogs that I've written in the past, if you've paid attention to some of the message that the Holy Spirit has inspired me to preach about over the years, you will see that I, I have noted that the unconditional love that God has for us is not in the way that we understand with our human understanding. It's not in the way that people have been preaching all these years. It's more than that. It's that exchange again. God is not, again, like God is not going to force his love upon us. We have to freely receive it. And yet too, we have to reciprocate it back to God. Salvation is free, but you must receive it. And your life must show that you are saved. And this is what people don't want to hear. Jesus with his own mouth, he says, those who believe in me until the end, those who continued in their faith until the end, they are the ones that shall be saved. In the book of John, he said it himself. The scriptures say that he loves his disciples until the end. Some of us, we love for a season and then we hate in the next season. But Jesus, he loved his disciples until the end. How many of us can say that, Jesus, I will love you until the end. I will love you until you're coming. I will love you until my last breath. Many people, they love Jesus when they rich, but as soon as they got poor, they became an atheist. They became an agnostic. They began to deconstruct their faith. I know this message is hot tonight, but it's necessary. My desire is for many souls to be in God's family, to enter the kingdom of heaven. My desire is for us as a general, as the body of Christ, to truly be sanctified through and through, Holy Spirit filled. My desire is for us to truly give a genuine love back to Jesus because he gave us a genuine, a genuine love from his very self. My desire is that we can all take heed to the example of Mary and to live a life poured out to him, to pour out ourselves just like the, the perfume she poured out. May we be, in fact, that perfume that is such a delight in the nostrils of the Lord. I pray that all of you guys were blessed by this message. And again, I'm going to do my very best to reference the scriptures so you can go back and meditate on them. Again, I apologize that there will not be a video version. I may just go ahead um, just for fun, you know, make a video like a short, a YouTube short. But again, it has no audio. You know, there are certain things that are really strange. And I know, again, that was the plan of the enemy. Again, like I said, everything was completed. But God knows all and he will continue to get the glory. I pray that you have a blessed Resurrection Day weekend. I'm praying for you. And remember, y'all, all things are possible with Christ Jesus. Until next time, peace out. Take care.